This is Rob Sepich, and welcome to Relaxing with Rob. What would a late November episode be without some mention of gratitude? I hope you're going to learn some ways to feel more of it and express it, but not just today, really throughout the coming year. What I'm planning to do is to speak about it, but just as part of the enormous topic of happiness. As I'm sure you know, happiness remains a hot topic. If you include it in a podcast or book title, it stands a pretty good chance of at least getting noticed. I noticed that in 2018, Yale University created their first happiness course, and it broke all enrollment records in the history of their university. During one semester, 1,200 students registered for it, which is about a fourth of their undergraduate population. One of the researchers we talk about in the class I taught is the social psychologist Sonia Lubomirsky. To her knowledge, she was the first, and this was back in 2008, to publish a book on happiness from a purely scientific standpoint. So she's not a life coach or a self-help expert. This is science. She did a meta-analysis of hundreds of research studies on happiness to distill what makes us happy and then to share it with the general public. Her findings were surprising. So I'm going to place a link to her website and book in my show notes. And by the way, it's a non-affiliate link. So if you do purchase anything, for example, I receive nothing. I'd like to talk about three areas that contribute to our happiness based on her research, and I'll go into more depth on one of them. So first, think of a pie chart. She said, just think of it in three unequal portions. So first, picture half of it. About 50% of our happiness is our set point. It's determined by genetics, and it's based on lots of twin studies. So there's really nothing you can do about it, so don't sweat it. I worked for a person once who was the happiest, most optimistic individual I'd ever known. She could not find anything that would slow her enthusiasm down. Uh, For example, once in a staff meeting, she broke the news to us that our budget had just been significantly cut. And all of us coordinators were really concerned about this. And she said, and I'm not making this up, hey, if you think about it, this is really a good thing. This will help us focus on our priorities. Well, most of us looked around at each other like, what planet is she from? But that kind of attitude helped her succeed in life. And I admired her for that. I think I know where that 50% was in her genetic structure. Now, only about 10% of our happiness comes from what we think will make us happy. Circumstances. Here are some false dichotomies, but for example, Lubomirsky says, whether you're rich or poor, healthy or unhealthy, beautiful or plain, this accounts for only about 10% of our happiness. Most people think money will make them happy. And in research on huge earners, people who made $10 million a year or more annually, their happiness level was only a little bit higher than that of their blue-collar employees who worked for them. Her good news is that about 40% of our happiness comes from intentional 
activity. These are free things that we can do every day that have an enormous impact on our happiness. And that's what the book really focuses on. No matter how you're genetically wired, no matter how fortunate or unfortunate your life circumstances, nearly half of your happiness is within your control. So I would like to mention two of these kinds of intentional activities that can give you a significant shot of happiness. One is gratitude. If you were raised and heard things from parents or caregivers like, count your blessings, and you were like, oh, brother, you're rolling your eyes, and they're saying, do you know how lucky you are? Do you know what life was like when I was a child? How I had to walk to school through the snow every day, and it was uphill both ways. It seemed like these were just kind of lame platitudes. You know, they were right. It's as if they were prescient and could cite social psych research that hadn't even been conducted yet. An enormous amount of happiness comes from being grateful. So one suggestion is just count your blessings. And I don't mean just this time of the year, but every day. In fact, if you're struggling to fall asleep at night and counting sheep or counting waves isn't working for you, count your blessings. Think of a few things you're grateful for from that day. And falling asleep with that in mind is a really nice thing to do. And then even if you are up for a while longer, those are pretty helpful things to occupy your mind with. The second area of intentional activity I'd like to mention involves acts of kindness. And I'd like to quote from page 130 of her book, The How of Happiness, here. A considerable benefit of kindness is its impact on self-perception. When you commit acts of kindness, you may begin to view yourself as an altruistic and compassionate person. This new identity can promote a sense of confidence, optimism, and usefulness. Helping others or volunteering for a worthy cause highlights your abilities, resources, and expertise and gives you a feeling of control over your life. That sounds pretty good to me. She goes on in her next paragraph to say, Probably the most important factor, kindness can jumpstart a cascade of positive social consequences. Helping others leads people to like you, to appreciate you, to offer gratitude. It may also lead people to reciprocate in your times of need. Hopefully, if you're helping others, you're not doing it in a quid pro quo, (laughs) what do I get out of this kind of approach. But it's remarkable how those acts of kindness can come back many times over. Here are two ways I've used this research. Personally, I often express my gratitude. I haven't always been healthy and mobile, able to move without a wheelchair or walker. But I am now, and for that, I'm extremely grateful. And if I live long enough, I don't expect to always be this healthy or this mobile, which makes my gratitude today all the stronger. And then second, I absolutely love providing acts of kindness. And my favorite ones are those that are not noticed. 
Uh, For example, when I was eligible to donate blood, I'd given more than 10 gallons of blood to the Red Cross. And they say that you can save up to three lives with each donation. And helping people I'll never meet just makes me feel good. We've talked before about that wild strawberry examples, like moments of pleasure that can come from free activities. And a lot of those can be small acts of kindness. I think no act of kindness is too small. If you're looking for some amazing save the world kind of act for which you're going to find value in your life, good luck with that. But if you just hold the door for somebody who's a little bit further away, or you just pick up something that somebody drops and hadn't noticed. Let somebody go in front of you in line at a grocery store. This can make a real difference. So be creative and look for these acts of kindness and judge for yourself if they do give you a boost of happiness. Right now, I'm grateful that you came to this episode and you're spending some time with me. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk again soon.